I mean, was this and one of those in, things where he was drunk, and because he was drunk, he was able to, he was so off balance that it kind of synced up with Oscar's velvet, and it was one of these fluke things. Coming to you from deep inside our lofty, heavily fortified bunker, located somewhere in the heart of Middle Earth, the show that doesn't shy away from tough questions or tough answers. Sit back, turn on your brain, and get ready for truth. It's a dirty job, but hey, somebody has to do it. Welcome back. This is the David Allen Show. Strangely, we're back um, together in the same room. Yes, yes, true. David is with us. In studio, shockingly, he he decided to leave. He decided to leave his. I don't know. Heavily fortified bunker. Mm Mm-hmm. I can't make it stop. I got a story for you that'll make (laughs) your hair turn. How are you, by the way? Me? Yeah. I'm. I'm kind of tired, but right. I'm, I'm doing okay. All right, raising sons in the age Thank of Trump. You. Are you ready? Thanks for asking how I'm doing. Many women oh. find themselves terrified of raising male children in Trump's America. What? One of the most disturbing facets of the wave of hysteria sweeping half the nation in the wake of Donald Trump's presidential election victory is the recent trend of feminist confessionals about their problematic feelings for their male children. <sighs> In a recent opinion piece, the Sydney Morning Herald, self-declared feminist Polly Dunning, herself the daughter of a prominent feminist, expressed difficulty, quote, reconciling my biology with my ideology, particularly when I discovered that my baby, my most beloved Alfred, is a monster, would be a boy. Oh. So yes. He's got testicles, so he's a monster. As an aside, if your ideology is at odds with your biology, that's a sure sign that your ideology is at odds with reality. And a life reevaluation is in order. Quote, I never wanted a son. Dunning continues. (laughs) An admission that isn't in itself damning. Many parents start off preferring to have a daughter rather than a son or vice versa. But Dunning's unsettling reasoning is that a daughter would, quote, fit in with the feminism better, or with my feminism better. She admits to dark moments in the middle of the night when I felt sick with worry. In this patriarchal world, Dunning worried, how will I raise a son who respects me the way a daughter would? Was she artificially inseminated? Who sees women as just like him? As just human beings? How do you raise a white middle-class boy not to think his own experience is the default experience of the world? Despite this disappointment, Dunning is determined to, quote, raise a feminist boy who will be immersed in feminism by a family who models it in their everyday life. She ultimately concludes that, quote, by having sons, we do feminism a great service. Similarly, but more hysterically, Elle magazine ran an article with a title that plunges into parody. Quote, I'm terrified of raising a boy in Trump's America. Which raises the burning question, how can I explain to a little boy that the year he was born, the President of the United States was an admitted sexual predator? Pregnant Joe Piazza describes how she fantasized that she would one day bond with her future daughter over voting together for the first woman president until she got two bad pieces of news. <laughs> yes! One, her candidate lost the election, and two, Piazza discovered that the life growing in her 
was a boy. Ugh. Quote, the thought of having a boy terrified me, paralyzed me even. But what really panics Piazza, quote, is the idea of raising a boy with good values when a man who represents the male stereotypes we've been fighting for generations is in the White House. As with Dunning, Piazza's liberal white guilt, a malignant side effect of her identity politics, weighs heavily on her. As a white boy who will become a white man, he'll be starting with a lot of privilege. How do I make him realize that? Piazza and her feminist husband have... <laughs> have come to accept that, quote, raising a good man in the age of Trump is a burden, and that they, quote, need to raise children who defy these base stereotypes of what is masculine and feminine. On the celebrity front, Madman's January Jones, I believe from Sioux Falls, uh, a single mother, or somewhere in, in the South Dakota, recently stressed her intent to surround her son like a defensive moat with strong women to teach him to respect women. She defiantly dismissed the critical importance of fa fatherhood altogether. Quote, he doesn't have a male person saying, don't cry or you throw like a girl. All those crappy things that dads accidentally do. That's what all the other kids or other boys in school are going to say, so they don't need it, yeah. I just don't feel I need a partner. How sad for her son that she believes he's better off without a father, a male person, in his life. What's her name? January Jones. Because it, was, it has been culturally acceptable for decades to bash men openly and celebrate single motherhood, women like these are under the mistaken impression that only feminists can teach boys respect for women because fathers, irredeemably sexist in their eyes, particularly in the so-called age of Trump, cannot or will not. It does not seem to occur to them that a boy's most powerful influence is a father, not the president, and that a good father does not have to be self-loathing to believe in respect for and equal rights for women. This is not to presume that Jones or the writers of the aforementioned articles don't love their sons deeply. In fact, Polly Dunning concludes her piece by stressing that her son is her sun, moon, and stars, and that her love for him swells my heart. That is, as it should be, and most parents believe it's important to inculcate the values and beliefs that are meaningful to them and their children. Christian parents, for example, naturally want to raise their children to be good Christians. But if you see child-rearing primarily as an extension of your ideological mission, if your fervent dream for your children is to weaponize them in the service of your utopian political ideals, then you're not parenting, you're indoctrinating. This is unhealthy, and everyone involved, and for society at large. Well, but it depends upon what your definition of healthy is. I mean, if everybody around you is crazy and you're crazy... Your healthy is now malignant, you know. So it's a cliche, but true. Nothing, but um, it's a cliche, but true nonetheless. Children, daughters, and sons are a humbling, miraculous blessing. If your instinctual, bottomless love for your own son is diminished or warped by your by your ideological distaste for his gender or your color, then you need to find a belief system that's grounded in love and gratitude instead of political dogma. Thank you very much. Who, who wrote Mark that? Mark Tapson wrote that article. For who? January 19. Guess the year, 2017. Huh. <laughs> this poor, poor, poor lady. Afraid. Afraid of having a male son. Wait. Well, I guess nowadays you can have a female son. 
yeah, I suppose you could raise unicorns too. So this is 420 today. 2018, <laughs> April 20. Yeah. And I don't believe man. there's one of us in the room stoned. <laughs> right? Uh, ah, crap. <laughs> now nah, I'm okay. Did you see... Who? Me? This is a purported memo from the Orange County Department of Education, the Los Angeles area. March 29, 2018 is the date. Uh, this is to the Orange County Board of Education from Ronald D. Wankart, the general counsel, regarding California Health Youth Act. Members of the board have asked several questions about the California Healthy Youth Act, attached as a comprehensive legal opinion discussing in detail the legal issues involved. In short... Education Code Section 51938 allows a parent or guardian to excuse their child from all or part of comprehensive sexual health education and HIV education. However, Education Code Section 1 or 51932B states that Section 51938 and the chapter entitled the California Healthy Youth Act does not apply to instruction materials or programming that discusses gender gender identity, gender expression, sexual orientation, discrimination, harassment, bullying, intimidation, relationships, or family, and does not discuss human reproductive organs and their functions. Therefore, parents who disagree with the instructional materials related to gender, gender identity, gender expression, and sexual orientation may not excuse their children from this instruction. However, parents are free to advise their children that they disagree with some or all of the information presented in the instructional program and express their views on these subjects to their children. Oh, really? How they're kind? allowed to do that? They're allowed to, to tell your children that you don't agree. Mm -hmm. Really? So the, the state of California decides that you as a parent can't. Like, th this, is, this is as valuable to them as learning two plus two. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think they just... notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills! <laughs> huh. Yeah. How about that, huh? California for you? Everybody? No, thank you. Well, there's that. Um... I'm just um, I'm I'm sorry, just what? astonished by it that uh again it just the hypocrisy of of the left just astonishes me um how they <laughs> yeah I just can't I just can't believe how blatantly hypocritical they are and and that they have no qualms about it probably because for them politics is basically a religion and it's all or nothing, and it's not about truth or anything else. It's just power. Yeah. You mean the indoctrination of the youth? Yeah. Yeah. They're they're trying to enforce something to try to. Twenty nine states. Oh, hello. Did you? That's crazy. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, hello. Pause. Stop. Stupid. Hello. <laughs> nope. Wow, man. <laughs> uh. Did you hear that Lance Armstrong 
uh, just had to pay, was it $5 million to what? settle a lawsuit with the post office? Why? Well, because he was writing for them when he got, um, how do we say, outed as a cheater and stripped of all of his Tour de France wins. Uh-huh. Seven of them, I think. Uh-huh. I think he had to pay $5 million. So in settlement, my question: Who who gets that money? Well, my qu- do you know who Bill Burr is? Bill Burr, no. Yeah, he's a comedian. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh he makes a point about this. He was talking about this. About and he Lance? Said, yeah, about Lance Armstrong. Mm-hmm. And he said, all those sponsors, uh, are they going to give back the money they made off of Lance oh. Armstrong? Are they going to do that? I mean, because if they're not going to do that. Then he, he shouldn't. shouldn't. Absolutely. No, not at all. That is a great point. Yeah, it's an outstanding point. It's absolutely well, true. Too bad your hat covers it. <laughs> <laughs> the former NBA, oh, sorry, former NBA and NFL athletes, which I know this is right up your wheelhouse where you are just, man, mm-hmm. you're right there with it. I am. Just I am. Sharp as a tack. You yeah. got it. Um, a- estimate. That marijuana uh, use among players is higher than give what percentage do you think? Sixty. Peanut gallery. Since you're oh by the way the peanut gallery is here with us. Woo! Above ninety-seven percent. Eighty percent. Oh no! See, if this is eighty percent. If this was prices right, I would have won. So thank you. <laughs> Eighty percent. Former NBA player Kenyon Martin, the number one pick in the two thousand draft, said in an interview with Bleacher Report published Friday that he believes eighty-five percent of the league smoked marijuana during his career. Now that's once. Yeah. I mean, where how do you get there? That's special. No. Okay. So is the over eighty percent? If is that statistic come from this guy? That sounds like it. Uh, was he high at the time? <laughs> Former did, tight end Martellus Bennett. Did he take any math? Does he know what 85% means? But see, but football now. Let's go to the NFL. This is NBA. Basketball. I'd, I'd believe the NBA the more NFL. because the football. I mean, imagine the blows to the head. I mean. That's why you need the marijuana. You know what? I think. <laughs> I, I uh, You know, the peanut gallery showed me this, this um, instructional <laughs> thing um, for some headphones that I think was written by some former NFL players. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Martellus Bennett thought, who was a former tight end for the NFL, uh-huh. for the NFL, I don't know what team, Wow, uh, in the NFL, he thought that the number was even higher in the football league uh, because injuries and, phys- oh, totally. and physical pain were yeah. more prevalent. Prevalent, I'm... prevalent. I want to say about... <laughs> Who who the, the, who pulls this out of you? I want to say about 89%. Really? <laughs> if you're guessing, don't you just 90, 80. I, you can't, you know, it's actually about 79.5% uh-huh. if, if I'm honest about sure. it. Sure, sure. That's stupid. Marijuana is one of the NBA and NFL's banned substances. Well, no kidding. With a failed drug test leading to a suspension and a fine, even for players in states where marijuana is legal. Former NFL player John Moffat noted that the league is essentially, quote, 
looking away by only testing once a year. So you know when it is. Well, but do, you, do they have it scheduled? Because I know yeah. I, what a place I used to work that did drug testing, it was random. I think it was anyway. And is it just you pee in a bottle or they take hair? Because I think it... Oh, that's worse, isn't takes it? takes longer. I think it gets... It not it always in your hair follicle? Well, no, I don't that's think it's always. That's why everyone had a shaved head. Weird. Yeah. Where did they want the hair from? Okay. Their ears. <clears throat> um, huh. Yeah, so... Wow. Former NFL defensive lineman Sean Smith said he, he used to smoke two blunts before every game over the span of his 10 seasons in the league. Wow. Yeah. How do you get away with that? Do they test before the games begin? Like, hey, preseason, we're going to test you all for drugs, and then we're done until the next preseason? They'd have to. They'd have to. Or, or their tests are a joke. Yeah, I would say it's probably more of a joke. I bet, I, I'm sure it's more of, uh, like in law enforcement, if somebody has to pee in the bottle, somebody stands there and watches. Here it's probably, you know, on the trust. You no, know, but I'm, something okay. comes in. And, in that situation, everyone's gathered about naked in the locker room anyway. It's not like it's a secret. It's not like you're causing them to <laughs> go. They don't have too many scruples. I don't want to get undressed in front of you guys. No, no, I mean. So, and, and you think in sports, it'd be no big deal. Okay, guys, here you go. Pee in this cup right here, and they'd be done. Yeah, but, they, yeah. Who knows? But 29 states and the Washington, D.C. have legalized the use of medical marijuana. And on top of that, nine states have legalized a recreational pot. But the question is, why is it illegal in the first place? Hmm. Well, I think the whole medical, not allowing medical marijuana is insane. Not allowing it? Yeah. You mean because they will allow other yeah, crazy exactly. drugs that are worse? Exactly. You can get fentanyl. fentanyl that's yeah. well, it's worse than heroin, isn't it? Yeah. You can get fentanyl, but you can't get marijuana. <laughs> isn't fentanyl what uh, Prince died from? Yeah. Did yep. you hear that? The doctor got, uh, what did he get, fined 30 grand? Because uh, I he prescribed I, a bunch maybe. of fentanyl to... Sure. I, I, yeah. I had fentanyl once. Okay. All right, everybody. We're going into the Twilight <laughs> Zone here. <clears throat> here we go. If you smell what the rock is cooking. Let's have it there, David. What'd you do with your fentanyl? Well, it was given to me. <laughs> but by a doctor? The, yeah. Well, oh, okay. Well, well he said sure. he was a doctor. <laughs> How was it? What'd it do? It was... Well, it was in a van behind this one Down by place. the river. No, um, no, I. it was during a medical procedure. It was fentanyl and then some drug that makes you forget everything. So it was great. Oh, was that recently? Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So it just, what did it do to you? Two enthusiastic thumbs up. Oh, I felt good. And then. Then you forgot about it. <laughs> I forgot I felt good. That's so good, everybody. <clears throat> uh, Chuck Schumer, it appears, if I read this properly, um, Senate Minority Leader Chuck for now U. Schumer, maybe not next oh, year. I know he's going to be out. No, uh, on Friday, this is April twenty, and I don't think this is a joke. It's the Washington Free Beacon. Oh. Um, okay. On Friday, announced his intention to introduce legislation to decriminalize marijuana federally. Hmm. 
Today, I am formally announcing my plan to decriminalize marijuana at the federal level. It's time we allow states once and for all to have the power to decide what works best for them. Okay, let's do that with the education system. How about mm-hmm. Yeah. Used to be... Can't have that, though. The counties would decide. You know, I have a question since we're talking about decriminalizing things. Yes. <clears throat> were we? Okay. Well, Chuck... You Chuck U. Schumer, yep. Um, what is what are your thoughts about decriminalizing prostitution? I probably think that it shouldn't be criminal. If if, if I believe in in uh, freedom, mm-hmm. like I say that I do, mm-hmm. then yes, I think it should be a uh, an at will situation. Transaction, yeah. so it, it especially well, well, with understanding that the consequence of this could potentially become another life. Yeah, could become another life or an illness. Or yeah, something. something to that effect. I think, I think where we're at as a nation now, where we've flushed any sense of morality down the toilet. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't know why they don't. It, it's this, it's this sense, you know, I don't get it at all, especially when you look at the Republicans and the Democrats, the vast majority of both of them really don't have any morals, um, no moral fiber that they're willing to stand, you know, any of them, all of them compromise, mm-hmm. like, there might be a couple but the vast majority of both sides. So I don't, I don't know what they're trying, what they're trying to do. I, I, I don't, I don't see the point. <clears throat> so why, I mean, if you're going to, if you legitimately think that, um, if you're a libertarian or somebody who thinks there's government's too big, why would you want? You know, why not allow the states to decide rather than the fed? I'm talking federally. I'm not talking mm-hmm. states. I mean, I think that the states should be able to decide whatever they want to decide. Period. Across the board? Well, I mean, not like murder's legal. <laughs> well, you know, okay. You know At some I mean? point, life needs to be, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. There should be some, a life, few. Life, liberty, yeah. the pursuit of happiness yeah. without due process. You know, you can't take it away without due process. But that's a huge gray area. So, so yeah. So it should be, I mean, so uh, is the thought here that uh, if somebody wanted to be a uh, an adult sex worker, mm-hmm. they could? Well, the Fed just confiscated Backpage.com, which was their outlet. Yeah. So now they're all, they're all out of work. So what do we do about that? Well, they're not, they're, well, they can't. You can't solicit anymore or, or through classified. Well, it's because it's illegal. Okay. So, except new, I mean, you know. So, okay. <coughs> if it becomes, I'm not saying it's good. No, if, if it that. becomes non-illegal. Yeah. You like that? Non-illegal. Non-illegal. Uh, federally. Yeah. What happens? How do you keep. How do you the, regulate it? Well, yeah. And how do you keep the it from going into a, uh, a, a child? Because that's their big thing. They always say, well, we got to save the children keep them from being, you know, sold, which is, oh, that, I, I think, noble. I'm 
I mean, I would, I would think that so would if you you're have going a, a to governing body, if you're going to enforce, I mean, it seemed like with uh, with gun laws, if you're caught um, having a firearm and you're not supposed to, you should ex. I mean, you should swiftly and. I mean, every every law should be applied to you. All the punishments should be applied to you. It should be across the board. It should be simple. It should be you understand what's going on. If you rape somebody, if you if you take a child and force him into prostitution, I mean, I would think that that would be, if not a capital crime, something, mm-hmm. you know, life, life imprisonment without the chance of parole. Um, yeah, but you know, it's one of these things. It's kind of a moot point talking about it because uh, our system's so messed up. You'd have to start from scratch in order to, I would think, you know, because it's like uh, I know, you know, they used to uh, talk about spaghetti code in, in computer language. Okay, <clears throat> where they would write a code and then somebody else would come in. And maybe might not document it, and would oh, add on to it, try and, to make it work. Yeah, and then at the end, it's just this mishmash, and it's almost impossible. Angel to, hair. Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so it seems like our legal system, the IRS, everything else is so perfect, so perfect it's that perfect. Just keep it the way it is. It's wonderful. Yes, yes. absolutely. Okay, enough said. Go on. So, we're legalizing pot. And we're legalizing prostitution. Hey, we're on a roll. What else is there to legalize? Let's see. Um, Claire McCaskill, senator from Mo- hmm. Missouri, I think, M.O., Missouri. Oh. Democrat. Democratic senator. Office. Uh, her office responded on Friday, which is today, April 20, to the Democratic National Committee, by the way, who sued the Trump campaign today. Why? <laughs> Any collusion? <laughs> What's that? Collusion. Collusion. They, the, uh, the Democratic National Committee on Friday filed a multi-million dollar lawsuit alleging the Trump campaign, comma, the Russian government, comma, and WikiLeaks conspired to interfere in the 2016 presidential campaign to tilt the election in favor of Trump. <laughs> they just can't drop this thing. The DNC filed a complaint in federal district court in Manhattan alleging top officials in the Trump campaign conspired with the Russian government and its military spy agency to torpedo Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign and to help Trump by hacking the Democratic Party's computer networks and leaking stolen emails found there. Now, if we go back in time to around the, the summer of 16 when all this went down, there's documentation that... The hack that happened on the Democratic National Committee could not have happened from anyone outside of the physical location because the amount of time they were in there did not allow them to have the time. They were, there's not enough actual bandwidth to gather the amount of data they did in the time they had off-site. Mm-hmm. You can't do it. Someone had to be plugged in. Mm-hmm. You can't say Russians did that unless they're in the building. Yeah, duh. We were in the so the guilty. DNC is not letting this go. Hillary Clinton, on the other hand, she claims that they were never going to let me win, she said. 
No one in modern politics, male or female, has had to withstand more indignities, setbacks, and cynicism. She developed protective armor that made the real Hillary Clinton an enigma. But if she was guarded about her feelings and opinions, she believed it was in careful pursuit of a dream for generations of Americans. The election of the country's first woman president. Okay. Oh. That would have been the nut paragraph of the New York Times story about Hillary Clinton's historic victory uh, that would have run under the headline of Madam President, across spread across six front-page columns, according to reporter Amy Chozik's new book, Chasing Hillary, Ten Years, Two Presidential Campaigns, and One Intact Glass Ceiling. Sounds like a great book. Charles Chozik writes that the Clinton campaign, which she covered from the beginning, had reached furiously... Sorry, had reacted furiously to the prospect of a Joe Biden run, as floated first in the August 2015 Maureen Dowd Times column, and then in a reported story by Chozik. In the book, she writes that, quote, Biden had confided off the record to the White House press corps that he wanted to run, but he added something like, you guys don't understand these people. The Clintons will try to destroy me. Throughout the book, Chozik refers to her fellow journalists in the small pool that flew on the campaign as travelers, while referring to many Clinton staffers collectively as the guys. Asked to comment on the book, a former campaign staffer who's referred to in it as one of the guys told the Daily Beast, the challenge on the campaign was that you had a reporter holding the Clintons to a higher standard through... <laughs> the challenge on the campaign was that you had a reporter holding the Clintons to a higher standard through a lower standard of reporting. <laughs> what? I don't know. Amy was not always an honest broker, and this book seems to be more of the same. It ridicules people with a smile, contributing little to the public discourse. I think she wrote that manual for those earplugs. <laughs> Yeah. The KZ Acoustics User's Guide. Warning. Safe use of headphones. To prevent possible hearing damage, please do not listen at high volume lessables for long periods. When you drive, you do not use headphones. Do not use the headset in unsafe situations such as driving, crossing the street, or engage in any activity requires your full attention. Or in such environment, motorists using the headset is not only dangerous, but also illegal in many places also be belong to. Because it will reduce the chance that you hear in your life outside of the vehicle in relation security of the sound, such as other automotive whistle and sirens. Do not wear a headset. You can instead use while driving the car FM transmitter to contents of the removable media device. <laughs> Even as Trump surged in the polls, the Clinton camp still saw him as a danger to stronger candidates rather than such a candidate on his own. Chozik reports so that in August 2015, quote, when the main GOP debate came on, everyone pushed their pizza crust aside and stared transfixed at the TV set. Campaign manager Robbie Mook salivated that the debate came back on the Trump on and Trump started to speak. Shh, Robbie said, practically pressing his nose to the TV. I've got to get me some Trump. 
Robbie thought Rubio would be what? the nominee. Podesta was a bullet was bullish on Kasich. Bill and Hillary, still stuck in the 90s, feared the Bush surname most of all. By the time of the conventions, though, as Trump was selected as the Republican nominee, the Clinton campaign was still trying to figure out how to improve her negative favorability ratings. A week later, she'd cut off Joel... How about an exorcism? ...and the pollster John Azalone. Anzalone. As they walked, walked her through the almost daily reminder that half the country disliked her, Chosick writes, You know I'm getting pretty tired of hearing about how nobody likes me, she said. <laughs> I hate that nobody likes me. Oh, what's the point? They're never going to like me, Hillary told this friend. That sense of resignation about the candidate's limitations infected her campaign, writes Chozik. After the convention, donors asked Brooklyn what they planned to do to pull Hillary's trust numbers out of the toilet. The answer was always the same. Nothing. Podesta would explain, I remember no one trusted Bill Clinton, and he won twice. All that seems to lead into the damaging video of Clinton calling half of Trump supporters a basket of deplorables at a New York fundraiser in September of 16. That was no slip of the tongue, since Hillary always broke down Trump supporters into three baskets, she writes. Basket one, the Republicans who hated her and would vote Republican no matter who the nominee. Basket two, Voters whose jobs and livelihoods had disappeared, or as Hillary said, who feel that the government has let them down, the economy has let them down, nobody cares about them, nobody worries about what happens in their lives and their future. And basket three, the deplorables. This basket includes the racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic, you name it. The deplorables always got a laugh over living room chats in the Hamptons, at dinner parties under the stars on Martha's Vineyard, over past hors d'oeuvres in Beverly Hills, and during sunset cocktails in Silicon Valley. I really messed up, Clinton told aides that night. Chosick writes of the evening when the candidate's deplorable shtick went public. On the night of the election, Chosick describes a dejected Clinton when she was told by campaign staffers that it was over. Oh, of all the Brooklyn aides, Jen Palmieri, Palmieri had the most pleasant bedside manner, Chosick writes. That made her the designated deliverer of bad news to Hillary. But not this time. She told Robbie there was no way she was going to tell Hillary she couldn't win. That's when Robbie drained and deflated, watching the results with his team in a room down the hall from Hillary's suite, labored into the hallway of the peninsula to break the news. Hillary didn't seem all that surprised. I knew it. I knew this would happen to me, Hillary said. Now within a couple of inches of her face, they were never going to let me be president. When all this was said and done, according to Chozik's book, the somewhat acrim acrimonious relationship between the Clinton campaign and the New York Times continued, even after the campaign ended, quote, after the election, Bill would spread a more absurd Times conspiracy. The publisher had struck a deal with Trump that we'd destroy Hillary on her emails to help him get elected if he kept driving traffic and boosting the company's stock price. She can't really let it go. <laughs> I mean, look at the woman. Uh, well, I mean, there is that, but also... <clears throat> has she has she ever m took an honest look at herself and honestly say i made some mistakes 
she she would say it, but then she would do the the comma but afterwards. I made a, some mistakes, comma but, but. Mm-hmm. there's so many racists or there's so many whatever. It's, it's you know implying that somebody else is always at fault. Mm-hmm. I, uh, f- yeah. I mean, I don't think I I understand why people like Trump, but I don't think that the Republican Party or conservatives should get into the bed with into bed with him just because he has so many nobody needs yeah that's for sure Um, thank you (laughs) uh, but i would say the same thing with the democrats and clinton i mean i for the life of me i don't know why they keep propping this lady up or even bringing her up because all it does is make is drive people away from the democratic party i mean anybody who might be considered an independent or in the middle is going to run away screaming from her. Yeah. You know. <clears throat> now you could look at Trump and you could say whatever you want, but one thing he has been doing things that he said that he would do. He has been um you know at least coming across going against what his advisors are telling him to do. He's still doing it. So at least with Trump, you might not agree with him, but you might think, yeah, that at least he's maybe following some internal compass. But this woman, it's all about, it seems all about power. Uh, just, I, you know, I for the life of me, I can't respect anybody who blindly f- follows this woman and, and adores this woman. She feels owed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, g- tell me a, a, a redeeming quality of this woman. I mean. And she's white. And she's white. So you'd think that she, that would disqualify her with the left. And she's a man. <laughs> well, she's more manly than some of those male feminists that we were talking about. Another article out today, April twenty. The DNC fundraising woes tied to the 2016 conspiracy. Hello, peanut gallery. Turn off the ringer. The Democratic National Committee, in a lawsuit filed Friday, which we heard about, blamed the party's fundraising woes during the 2016 presidential race on a nefarious plot engineered by the Trump campaign, Russia, and WikiLeaks. So now the reason they couldn't make enough money was because of Trump and Russia. Maybe because their candidates sucked. Well, and how powerful? How powerful do they think? Because, you know, for Trump, for during the campaign, there were so many people. I remember them talking about, "Oh, oh, really? You're a billionaire, really?" Right. You yeah. know, implying he doesn't even have <laughs> yep. a billion dollars. Yep. Implying he's a failure. Implying he's gone bankrupt. All this other kind of stuff. And now all of a sudden, he's this weird power broker who's pulling the strings behind the scene. <laughs> right. Uh, well, he's either an idiot or a genius. Which is it? Yeah. Because that's really where it's at. An he idiot is... savant, they would yeah. probably. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. He's a dummy, can't talk, but oh man, he's so he's outsmarted all of us. Yeah. Well, they think that with old Kim, too. John, Kim Jong-un. Yes, exactly. Trump says Kim Jong-un. Kim <laughs> Jong-un. Speaking of that, nice segue there. Did you see old Kim says... Um, North Korea has agreed—well, okay, this is from Trump. Uh, 
Trump's Twitter feed, at, at real Donald Trump. North Korea has agreed to suspend all nuclear tests and close up a major test site. This is very good news for North Korea and the world. Big progress. Look forward to our summit. What in the world do you think the left is doing? Um, do you think Barry is just livid? Well, yeah. I mean, they're all narcissists. They have to be. But nobody. I mean, has, a, has a U.S. president ever met with the president of, of North Korea? I don't believe so. Has a U.S. president ever threatened successfully a country like Trump is doing, other than maybe Reagan? Uh, Probably Reagan, yeah. But no... I'm trying to think. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall. Yeah, I don't... I mean, I think Reagan kind of maybe would imply, but Trump has gone beyond implying. I mean, saying, you know, my button is bigger than yours and that sort of thing. How much of that do you think is just bullcrap for fun? Oh, that he's doing it for fun? Oh, but maybe together. Like, it, it's a ruse they're putting on together. Oh, Kim and him? Wouldn't that be fantastic? Just playing the news media and the rest of the world and all the Dems? Wouldn't that just be insane? That would be... <laughs> unique. <laughs> that's one way to say it. <laughs> that That's a unique situation you just said. Uh, oh, Comey, yesterday uh, the peanut gallery and I were wandering down to, to uh, Sioux Falls and back last night. Uh, listening to the latest No Agenda episode, and they played some clips from the J- uh, uh, some interviews with Mr. Comey, the former, the fired FBI director. Yeah. Um, <coughs> he made some claims that the reason they came out and did some things is there was secret secret information that no one knows about that linked old Loretta Lynch uh, would put her in a bad light as the Secretary of State. I mean, uh, no, a- Attorney General. That so she couldn't come out and talk about Hillary being good, being okay, because then it there would be stuff that if it came out would put that in a bad light, and it would make her look like there was some inside dealings, and it was kind of corrupt. So there's secret stuff out there that this dummy, Comey, uh huh, now says was it's still there. I can't talk about it, but but it it would look bad for her for Loretta. For, he said the FBI well, won't what, let him say it. Say, say that again. The FBI won't let him yeah, say yeah. it. My my book had to be approved by the FBI. That's <laughs> so good. <laughs> but I mean, but doesn't everybody really know that? What? I mean, in some that the FBI. I mean, so does good? It, it? No, no, no. That there's some shady stuff going oh. on with her. <laughs> I mean, seriously, does anybody? Does anybody really think that the Clintons didn't do shady stuff? I mean, <laughs> the does, Clintons. Uh, I mean, other than the Clintons. <laughs> I mean, does it really? Does anybody? Does anybody think that Richard Nixon didn't do anything wrong at all? That it was just coincidence that they broke into that Watergate hotel. I mean, and that's nothing in comparison to the dirt. That the Clintons have done, yeah. So I, I don't. 
I don't understand. I don't understand where the shock is. Do you know what I mean? But if somebody doesn't think about it, I suppose they would go, okay, yeah, wow, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. But if you assume that your government is corrupt, I guess it's whole hum. Which we all do, right? I mean. I know I do. Hello. Is there any other way? Is there any other way? Sad news today on the DJ front. What? Who's that? What? This from the DJ Avicii. Avicii. One of... Artist, DJ, and producer Avicii, A-V-I-C-I-I, died Friday afternoon in Amman, according to a statement from his rep. Jordan? He was, I assume, he was 28. It is with profound sorrow that we announce the loss of Tim Bergling, also known as Avicii. The statement reads, he was found dead in Muscat, Oman. This Friday afternoon, local time, April 20th. The Friday, the family is devastated, and we ask everyone to please respect their need for privacy in this difficult time. No further statements will be given. So we don't know how he died, but he was 28. He was one of the biggest uh, DJs. Like, you know, he's like a dead mouse, kind of in that same, similar category, I believe. I don't, I don't get DJs at all. I, I know I some of them are making 20, 30, 50, 100 million dollars insane money. For what? Spinning the tracks, yo. I mean, hello. No, but I mean serious. I I yeah. want to know why why I don't I, know the answer to this. Well, no, other than it, it no, puts it, people in a trance, I don't know. No, I mean, what do they do? Dance about? You mean, you mean the the, the when DJ. they perform? They stand in front. Well, of they don't a bunch even perform. They do. They stand in front of a bunch of equipment. That's not performing. They have a massive light show. And so, they if fire. you get Chuck, the electrician, to come into your house and and rewire your house, is Chuck performing? <laughs> but it's music they've made. They created it in their mom's basement. Made some wiki wiki tracks, and they've got all this cool gear that they flip so all and this, spin and do all this. So they've actually played the they a played lot of the them piano. Are. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Or they created all. So they have these tracks, but then they actually run live. They add all the overlay EDM. I mean, that's what EDM is. And what's EDM? <laughs> I'll show you. No, but I'm serious. I don't know what they do. I don't know where they get their money. Who pays them? Yeah. Or what? Yeah. Do people uh, like... They get paid because they, they draw crowds. So, 
There are people that'll go like a video. What Ready? The bass is gonna drop. Buckle up. This EDM right here. Oh man. You ever heard of the singing? This? Who's singing? Who's singing this? I don't know. Sebastian Ingrosso. Is he a DJ? I, he's probably a singer. I don't know. Yep, not getting it. <laughs> I don't. I literally. Okay. Okay, I have a good example of what I don't get. Like Andy Warhol would paint pictures of Campbell's soup cans or mm -hmm. whatever. And they'd pay millions of dollars for him painting a, a picture of a can. Okay. And they would call it art. Uh, yeah. Okay. Do you see my confusion on why somebody would call that art? You could get somebody else to paint the can. And it's art? So, if Andy Warhol... If my dog took a dump in the park and Andy Warhol painted that, would that be art? Yes. Would it be worth millions of dollars? Perhaps. But if Chuck the Electrician painted it and did a better job, it wouldn't be worth anything. No. Okay. Because nobody cares what nobody's do. They yeah, only but, care what somebody's well, do. The, the guy who died. Avicii. How did he get famous? That, I, let's find them. I don't know. Like I can't know that. Like, how does somebody become a popular DJ? Do you know what I mean? I mean, if you sing a song and you have a good voice, okay, great. But he did what? He played it well. He he played the record well. Yeah. A disc jockey. No, it's more than just spinning. Like, the, okay, it's different in the. It's somewhat different, like like these EDM guys and like him, uh, David Guetta, uh, Dead Mouse. They create the music. Now, yeah, it's this kind of crap that maybe we don't like. But they're making it all from scratch. And so they create the sounds and they, they do the stuff. So it's kind of like a guitar player breaking out a song guitar. Okay. But they're doing it digitally. So there is some, some art we'll to it, it. Talent and art to, to it. Yes. Because not anyone can sit down and make um, a, a, a hook make a, a tune that makes you want to beat your head in the wall. Okay, so... In a good way. So, does it start because they have a party and they play his music and people like it and then there's a groundswell and then it, all of a sudden he's probably, popular? I would think so. Okay. Uh, according to the Wikipedia, um, Tim Bergling, the Swedish pronunciation is... Oh, man, I wonder if it'll... Will it give it to me? Uh, nope. Um, what's this? Book. Book. Nope, that's not. <laughs> nice. I found the Swedish help how to pronounce B. Uh, B-O-K. Uh, in uh, Swedish. The Swedish. That's Russian. Uh, 8 September 1989 is when this kid was born. Uh, better known by his stage name, Avicii was a Swedish musician 
DJ, remixer, and record producer. So that could be where some of the money's at. They produce other guys. Because a lot of these people are just really good at the computer. So they can record anyone. And so they bring them in. And then they'll, they'll remix someone's tune. And then that gets bigger. And sometimes they ride the wave of someone big and remix it, which sounds cool because it's another song tweaked. And it's their remix. And so then they get known. And then other artists come to them and have them remix their stuff. And Oh, okay. It's probably a big chain of events. Okay. Uh, Burgling was ranked third on DJ Mag in 2012 and 13 and has been nominated twice for a Grammy Award. Once for his work on Sunshine with David Guetta. Uh, <clears throat> I can almost spell. And then uh, once for his song Levels in 2013. Most of his famous songs are... I could be with I I could be the one with Nicky Romero. Wake me up, you make me. X you, hey brother, addicted to you. The days, the nights, levels, waiting for love without you and lonely together. Sounds like he's got a problem. He released his de- debut album, <laughs> debut true in 2013. <laughs> it received generally positive reviews from music critics, peaked within the top ten in more than 15 countries and topped the Australian, Swedish, Danish, and U.S. charts. In 2015, Bergling released his second studio album, Stories, on 10 August 2017. Avicii released an EP entitled Avicii. Whatever. He died on 20 April 2018. That's today. In Oman. Uh, Oman, officially the Sultanate of Oman. Oh, I, I think you said um, Oman. O-M-A-N. Oh, Oman okay. Is an okay. Arab country yeah. in the southwestern coast of the Arabian Peninsula near Western Asia, <laughs> holding a strategically important position at the mouth of the Persian Gulf. <clears throat> I wonder if he was like performing for some sultan or, well, or something say like that. they found him dead. It's interesting. We probably can't talk. Do you believe about it? That. Well, do you believe that they just found him dead? I mean, well, somebody p- did. Well, yeah, the person that killed him didn't. Oh, okay. Now this is fascinating. <laughs> this is Levels, one of his Grammy Award nominating songs. I can see you just grooving already. Don't they all sound like this? I mean, am I am I crazy? How naive. You're so close-minded. We're 40 seconds in and not much has changed. The beat dropped kind of, but it's still going to do more. No, I think this is proving my point right now. I, I do think this is proving, totally proving my point. It doesn't make you want to go ride your bike longer, do a little jig. It Thank reminds you. me of the old the old uh, vinyl records that stuck. Yes, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, I, so at this point, minute ten in the song, had nothing's changed. Okay, at this point, in Wait. a in a crowd. Yes. They're oh, sucking oh, on a it's pacifier. Get, it's getting quieter. Wait for it. Oh, 
I think this is sampled from a different song. Sometimes I get a good feeling. Now, the, the, we're minute 50 into the song. Yeah. Now, so Avicii is a DJ and a remixer. Was. Look, it was. Yeah, it was. Yes, sorry. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> the next track on this uh, list, this search I just did, is the same song, remixed by another DJ named Skrillex. <laughs> this is like Zoolander. <laughs> this is the Skrillex remix of Levels by Avicii. There's only one song in this whole... It's like fruitcake. <laughs> There's only one fruitcake. <laughs> you just keep the mail. Yeah. But see, the Skrillex brought the, 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 the hook in, or the, the whatever that's called. The, and the then over and over. gave them helium. Earlier, yeah. Yep. Wow. It gets a good feeling, everybody. This is the David Allen Show. Now, now who exactly listens to this? There you go. I, A lot of people. I can't tell you how old this makes me feel. Because <laughs> I'm like, I I get what my grandparents were saying about my music. If you <laughs> want a generation If later. you want a view into the EDM world. No. Okay. Go find the documentary, This Is Tomorrow, and watch that. Huh. So, the type of people that would listen to this are the same type of people that go to Burning Man and places like that, correct? I would say yes. Okay. Yep. My uneducated opinion would say yes. Huh. I would think the Burning Man's kids would listen to this. Oh, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. So, Rip Avicii. I hope you knew the well, Lord. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. He does now. Yeah. Yeah. God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Nope. <clears throat> so. That was hmm. a rather sad news. This is the David Allen Show, davidallenshow.com. Could we play some 70s the re- music? Yeah. Turn to the Mac. Get this yeah, please. Our brain. <laughs> yeah, cleanse a, something to cleanse the palate.
episode of the David Allen Show brought to you proudly fueled by Windy Prairie Coffee. Right here, Milbank, South Dakota. Some of the best Java around, best beans around. WindyPrairieCoffee.com. The best stuff in the world. Go get it. All right. uh, Several days ago, um, David and I and the peanut gallery, I believe. And I think Jay was in the loop as well, which that punk, he couldn't come tonight. But whatever. Um, He, uh, we found, uh, just on the social medias, because it was out there quite a bit, uh, near the end of March, there was a a compilation put together of um, Sinclair... What, Sinclair, uh, they own television stations, correct? Yeah, I believe that's correct. Um, and they apparently put together um, a nice little package that the the talking heads on their stations were supposed to be doing. And I'm Ryan Wolf. Our, our greatest, greatest responsibility, responsibility is to serve, serve our, our Treasure Valley communities. The El Paso Las Cruces community. Now, I believe we did talk about this uh, an episode or two ago when we had uh, old Lindquist on with us. Um, but David wasn't here, so we were going to dig into it a little bit deeper. Eastern Iowa communities. Mid-Michigan communities. We are extremely proud of the quality, balanced journalism that CBS4 News produces. But quality. Balanced. Okay, okay, stop. They're sick of one-sided news stories <laughs> that are plaguing our country. Yep. Did you hear that? Yeah, and that was several in sync with each other. And what someone did, they put all the videos of them put together in time, and it worked out because they're reading the same script. But it's one-sided. <laughs> and false news has become all too common on social media. More alarming, some media outlets publish these same fake stories without checking facts first. The sharing of biased and false, false news has, has become, become all too common, common on, on social, social media. media. More alarming, some media so some unit uh some uh outlets promote the same information and it's extremely dangerous to our democracy because mm-hmm, it's one-sided because it's one-sided mm-hmm. our democracy and this this part's hilarious too because it just goes back with this line and <laughs> it does sound old dvorak 
It said it sounds like they're like auditioning because <laughs> they're, they're really, really putting their their heart. Oh. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. 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 Uh this is extremely dangerous to our democracy. This is extremely <laughs> dangerous to our democracy. This is extremely 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 dangerous to our democracy. Your problem. There's a growing anti-intellectual strain in this country that many, that it may be the beginning of the end of our informed democracy. Hello, Neil deGrasse Tyson. I was just gonna say, I bet that's him. So, this, this uh, makes me f feel very pessimistic about the future of our country. Because when this came out, Frame up nobody two. said anything about Let's it. Let's go to Brian Fantano. Can you one on two? <laughs> with a Channel yes. 4 News exclusive. Brian. And to watch. The mood is tense. I have been on some serious, serious reports, but nothing quite like this. I, 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 uh, Ching King is inside right now. I tried to get an interview with him, but they said, nope, you can't do that. He's a live bear. He will literally rip your face off. Hey, you're making me look stupid. Get out here! Panda jerk! Great story. Compelling and rich. Well, that's gonna do it for all of us here at Channel 4 News. You stay classy, San Diego. I'm Ron Burgundy? <laughs> Damn it! Who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? <laughs> for the last time, anything you put on that prompter, Burgundy will read. I have some... <laughs> I was thinking. How is that? I was, that's exactly same. what I was thinking. Because <laughs> it's like, the, oh, here, read this. Just roll it, and they'll read it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anchorman, everybody. Ron Burgundy. Oh man. I. I don't know what you can say. You, yeah, I don't. You can. I don't know what. What even. What even. Um. Gets people riled up nowadays. I mean, because you've seen it's gone so far in so many different ways. I don't even know if there's a way to to get anybody to even think anymore. There's not, or even talk not, about it. Yeah. But I am gonna give you something to talk about, or not, actually, not talk about. Okay, I'll not talk okay. about that. So, I got to get the audio back up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Braco. Braco, everybody. He gazes. More than 7,000 people come. Braco doesn't speak. He gazes. One so, he's kind of like a DJ. Then, the because they feel something of, uh, through Braco's gaze. Braco. My name is Ria. I'm from Slovenia. And I'm working in Braco's team. When he stands in front of groups of people, they feel a sense of hope, they feel peace, they feel like life makes sense again. People oh, say that so it is sad. life changing for them. Even scientists have researched the power of his gaze. No, but they still haven't. don't know why it can work. I think people are searching for 
the sense of fulfillment. If we don't have any hope, life is just dark. And Pratsoy gives them a sense of strength and a sense of purpose in themselves. Braco! Braco gives them sense of self. <laughs> so I, this want, guy, I wonder if he's a deaf mute. I don't and know. he has no he idea can't. what's going right. on. He just you walk up, stand on the stage. Yeah. Scientists have studied it. His gaze? Crap. There's no way that's true. Well you def uh, the, define uh, the hello, scientist. He's not Superman. No, I know, but if I mean it might have been um Neil deGrasse Tyson. Or a proctologist and they're mm, his gaze. scientifically uh -huh. <clears throat> inclined. That's that that's something that disturbs me is um people interviewing uh what's his name? The the oh, astronomer. Yeah. Uh Tyson. Neil, Tyson. Yeah. Neil deGrasse Tyson or uh Stephen Hawking or um, who are some of the other big ones that they would, uh, uh, Richard Dawkins, or any scientist outside their field of expertise. Mm -hmm. Just use throwing they, the scientist name around? Well, I'm a scientist. Well, they'll ask them about stuff. They'll ask them about philosophy or all these other, mm -hmm. all these other things. Uh, Tyson doesn't know anything about philosophy. He doesn't know anything about metaphysics. All he knows... Is He's got a PhD in astronomy, and if you get a PhD in astronomy, you don't get a you you don't get this general degree. You're very specific. Is it optics? Is it what? Is it uh, quantum physics? Mm -hmm. Is it you know? <clears throat> and so he doesn't know any more than anybody else does about anything else. He's very he's a huge expert in his little sliver yeah. of a field. Yeah. So it it's irrelevant what he thinks about anything else, or it's as relevant but he's as Neil, asking anybody off the street the same question. But he's Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Note before he's using Blanco! before using certain turn down the volume. If your output device sound excessive. Not only shock the ears, light our diaphragm folds. In severe cases, the voice coil of headphones burned. Let the headset away from magnetic. Under the influence of other magnetic fields, speaker unit the magnetic decline. Over time, the sensitivity will drop. Let the headset it away from moisture. In wet conditions, the components within the headphone will sound biased. Do not disassemble. Some of the headphones are very difficult to open. Some headphones do not have a special method, is not open. Even if the opens, 80% also make the headset does not appear to work or partial tone. Away from chemicals, organic corrosion to the headphone to the headphone shell coating, appearance will does not look good. Winter is best not to use in outside. Winter cold, rather... Wire rather hard, brittle, easily broken by excessive bending wire. In this case, do not for headphone cable heating. 
temperatures will accelerate the aging of wires. Yeah, baby. The CDC admits, this from actually a couple of years ago, 98 million Americans were given cancer virus via the polio shot. Yeah, I, I heard that. Buckle up. SV40 is a virus found in some species of monkey. SV40 was discovered in 1960. Soon afterward, the virus was found in the polio vaccine. <clears throat> Kumar? Kumare. Kumare. What's this? Peanut Gallery sending us secret information. It's a Netflix movie. Yes. Documentary about a guy. I think he lived in San Diego. I don't remember where I watched it. And he thought, I'm going to become a guru to see what happens. Mm -hmm. He just said, I think he was an Indian kid. And he became a guru. He grew out his his beard and his hair. The true story of a false prophet. So it's like Forrest Gump when he starts running. And then people just started following him. Yeah, he just he made up some he he dressed up made himself like a an Indian guru like the Bhagwan. But then would he just talk nonsense and then mm-hmm. they would say, "Oh, wow, that's so profound." Yeah, and people just I mean, they just flocked to him and otherwise normal people, they believed it. And he exposed himself after a few years. Like, no, physically? never expose yourself, okay? <laughs> he did. He exposed himself to art. (laughs) (laughs) And a lot of people, it's like, there were a lot of people that were just furious at him. Well, and no, you were showing me truth. And it was, it's really a fascinating, it's on Netflix. It's a Uh a documentary. Kumare? K-U-M-A-R-E with the thingy over it? Yeah. How's any different than Benny Hinn? Well, Benny Hinn never gathered all of his uh, people up and said, hey, I was just faking it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that would be the only difference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was, it's, to me, it's just fascinating that um, he, you know, never, never come out of his cover when he was doing it. And there were a lot of people, and they did a documentary, and they had no idea that he was a fake. And they were telling him how he's just, so amazing there's just recently there's a a documentary about the the rajneesh thing in in oregon Mm -hmm. wild wild country there's people that i mean even now i think he died in the 90s the bagwan Mm -hmm. um and uh 90s that was the late 80s when he actually ended up being burned i mean died i thought it was 90 well you can you can look it up the wikipedia but it's just amazing how seemingly intelligent, normal, brain-working people are susceptible to this kind of a thing. 1990, and, my bad. And the the Kamari guy, you know, he he said, "I want to just try this just to see." I, he he said he he had some troubles with with religion and spirituality, and he thought, you know, I'm going to try this, and he was. He was pretty amazed that the people bought it. You know, they'd have these little seminars, and they'd come, and he'd just sort of sit there and talk gibberish pretty much, and they just sucked it in. And 
Oh, you could do. Oh, it would be so easy. Yeah, it was easy. Yeah. And some <clears throat> people, I still just that there's some Kamari lawsuit. So I'm wondering if some of the people maybe have sued him. But huh. he, he called them all in. This is after he left, said he went wherever, India, I don't know where. And a year later, he he got a hold of everyone. I'm coming back, and he got them all in there. He had a group of maybe 20 or 30 people and told them, I'm, I'm Kamari. And he had his, you know, his hair cut and his beard shaved, and that was just pulling your leg. <laughs> and it's kind of, it's really fascinating. If you got time, you should watch it. It's really good. Huh. I would it, feel bad for the people that I miss, that I that were willingly misled. Because I, if it's a year of their time, you're telling them, you just wasted an entire year. How much money did you give me? <laughs> that was all blown, you know. It's really sad. Looking at it from afar, you know, when you're not involved or nobody you know is involved, it's kind of like, well, that's weird. People would do that. But yeah. uh, it really is strange. Well, people, yeah. What, what makes a person susceptible to something like that? I don't know. Somebody that says they came from India. This is just, a, a, he was a, from India and descent, but he was just a, you know, he was an American. Uh, strange. Hmm. The true pundit. October 17, 2016 was this article. <coughs> Headline, Hillary Clinton promised Obama and Attorney General Lynch, Loretta, <laughs> U.S. Supreme Court Justice Posts for Life. Under a Hillary Clinton regime, President Obama will replace deceased Associate Justice Scalia and Attorney General Loretta Lynch will replace soon-to-retire Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Oh, my goodness. And you thought you'd almost seen the last of Obama on the national stage. Think again. According to White House sources, now keep in mind this is back in 16, right near the end of Obama's presidency. Uh, according to sources of the White House, Obama has confided to key insiders that the reason he chose to reside in D.C. after his second term and not Hawaii as originally planned is because Clinton has promised him the now open chair on the Supreme Court. Now, it is starting to make sense why Obama never pushed back on Merrick Garland's nomination rebuke by the GOP-controlled Senate. Obama nominated Garland to the Supreme Court after the mysterious death of Justice Scalia in early 16. Mm. Senate, the Senate never even considered the nomination. The bigger surprise here is Lynch, who by many accounts has posted an even worse public record trampling the Constitution than Obama since she arrived in D.C. Nonetheless, Lynch is more than just a strong rumor to replace Ginsburg, according to the Justice Department sources who spoke to True Pundit. Clinton has promised the job to Lynch, but the Attorney General is still considering the offer. Will Lynch decline? Doubtful, Justice Department sources say. Obama and Lynch on the Supreme Court for life Talk about a stacked court. The question now is, can either pass a Senate confirmation? Now, this is kind of fascinating, just looking mm. back, knowing what happened now. Because why didn't 
Obama and the Dems really, I mean, some of the Dems in the Senate, you know, they were grandstanding in their griping at the Republicans for not having a hearing. But I, it makes you wonder if they were playing the game too. The Republicans. I, see, I think they're all corrupt at some level. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, all you got to do is promise all, all these politicians something. Have you, um, have you watched, do you watch many movies? Have you ever watched The Bourne Legacy? Mm-hmm. Okay. I think most of the politicians are like, um, what's that one actor in it? Ed something or another? Ed Asner? No. Oh, <laughs> oh no, not him? <laughs> no. Anyways, he's, he's a guy who, um. They have this secret spy program, and one of the founders of the secret spy program was shown on a YouTube video with this other guy who was, who was I don't know, worked for the Congress or something like that. And the head of this program was concerned since the two of them were put together, people would be able to piece together that this program was an actual existence. And so he ordered all the spies in there killed, everybody involved with it killed to mm -hmm. shut it down. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a flashback where the main, uh, the main character, the main spy, um, that this bad guy is talking to him after he did something horrific in some Middle Eastern country. And he said something to the effect that, uh, do you know what a sin eater is? It's somebody that that swallows um, other people's sins so that they don't have to experience it. And he said something to the effect that what we do is morally indefensible but absolutely necessary. <clears throat> huh. And so I think that a lot of the Senate mm -hmm. probably they they personally probably feel that way about the things that they do, that it's morally indefensible but absolutely necessary. Okay. But the problem with that is that um, nobody is completely impartial. Nobody is completely objective. And the minute you start going down that that road where the ends justify the means, you're gonna you're gonna end up someplace you never thought mm -hmm. that you would end up. Um, like communists, the average communist probably doesn't want to kill millions of people, but if that's what it takes, yeah. Well, then that's what it takes for the greater good, you know. So I think that most of the people. Most of the politicians, that's how they look at things, that I will compromise my values or whatever for some perceived greater good, but they don't know the implications of the compromise. They don't see the, necessarily always the big picture, mm -hmm. and um, all they do is they, they get dirty and ruin themselves and other people, and what they wanted never ends up, which I think is probably... 
um, you know, when a person sins and Satan and yeah. tempts and entices people, people think that they're only going to go so far and then they get to a point where they look back and, and just yeah, slowly, marvel. They slowly got there. Yeah, and they marvel how far away they they are mm-hmm. from where they thought they would be. Yeah. <laughs> this this cracks me up. I saw this uh, on a a page that I or a, a group I'm in on some social media. Um, it's a it's a screen grab of uh, somebody, some social justice person. <laughs> Men opening doors for women is a symbol of aggressive patriarchy. Men are saying, "quote You may enter or leave this place, but only on my say so." <laughs> A man opening and holding a door open for a woman is him subconsciously reminding her that all men are in control of a woman's choice. <laughs> Someone commented that said, no, I dash ahead of women and hold the door closed from the other side so they have to fight me for it. This way she knows she defeated the patriarchy fair and square to open her own door. <laughs> so what would she say if a man slams the door in her face? Well, exactly. She would turn it. So it it wouldn't matter what a person would do. They're going to assume it has something to do with the patriarchy. Well, so a man can do nothing right. It, it would appear as, so, as that, yes. My question is, would she ever maybe open a door for a man? If someone's coming in, would she ever hold it? Yeah. It sounds like no. Or maybe so. Maybe at the high, I'm allowing you to come in, man. All the, I would like to... F- possible which it's not but i would like to examine the uh the giving history of if you could gather a hundred thousand um social justice warriors and their minions Mm -hmm. examine their giving history towards any type of charity and i suspect that it would be a fraction of maybe a, a magnitude smaller group of Christians who live sacrificially and give sacrificially to hmm. other people yeah. for their good. I, it's, uh, <clears throat> I don't know why anybody would look at these people and think that they're wonderful when Everything they do is filled with hate. There's no, but they're open-minded no and tolerant. Gentleness. David. There's no peace. They're open-minded and tolerant. Haven't intolerant. you heard them? Yep, yep. They're they're intolerant. Yep. Yeah. Amy Schumer. You know who that oh, is. Oh, oh. So is it, yeah, is, is she related to Chuck? You? No. Yeah. yeah. She must be. She is. Yeah, it's Uncle Chuck. Is it really? Oh. She, yeah, seriously. Oh. She's Jewish. He he is uh, her uncle. Huh. huh. But don't hold that against her. Nay. No, that I wouldn't hold that against her. Or um, him. <laughs> well. Oh, you talking about Please? the? How do you respond to that? First of all, that's the nicest backlash <laughs> I've <laughs> ever heard. Too pretty. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, it just made me excited for people to see the movie because it's not about a, an ugly, vile troll getting beautiful. It's about a girl who really struggles with self-esteem. Yes, which exactly. is something we can all relate to. Yeah. So totally. it just made me excited I know for you. people to see the movie. But also, I think it is fair to say that you know it, it, that it's a lot harder for other people. And I recognize mm. that I am a Caucasian. Like, if, <gasps> I, I would love if this movie were starring a woman of color. Mm -hmm. You would love it, dummy. You took the paycheck. Mm -hmm. You could have said, you know what? When they came to cast her for the movie, no, it would be better if you cast a black person or someone that's not white like me. So why don't you do that? No, she didn't. I'll take the paycheck, but I'm going to go than... on The View and tell them, well, I wish someone else would have had it. It would have been better. Better, but I, I loved it. It was great. Me and I think, and I hope that we get there. This, this is hopefully just a step in the right direction. Yeah. What utter hypocrisy! She's such a hero. <laughs> oh my good, she is so enlightened, so modern, so wonderful. <laughs> Talk about vomit. Six more. Seconds. Are in fact Oduliwed. You got married in February. Yeah. Yeah. She got married. Someone married her. Ooh. Yeah. So there you have it, uh, Amy Schumer uh, lamenting the fact that she's white and got paid a lot of money to do a movie that she says it would have been better had someone of color had the role she got. Mm -hmm. She got. She chose it. <clears throat> well, there's one way that I will believe that she actually means it. Though. When she stops taking roles? No, she gives all of her money away to uh, to black organizations, black people, gives mm. all of it away and starts working in a factory somewhere, <clears throat> then I will believe that she cares. Huh. Because talk is cheap. It's really easy. I also heard that she, uh, she complained to Netflix that she wasn't getting her Netflix special... She was getting paid less than what Chris Rock made and oh, somebody else. And Netflix actually increased the amount that they paid her because she's a woman. Paid a white person. But she's a woman. Because she didn't get much as, as much as the black guy who was better than her. Well, no, there was another comedian, too. I can't remember. Um, A different comedian. I can't A male comedian. Have you followed at all... This debacle with Starbucks. With who? What? This debacle with Starbucks. No, I just briefly heard it, and I just, I, I mean, it's gotten to the point where it's like background noise to me. Well, let, let's listen to CBS This Morning from Yesterday morning, where she had an interview with Starbucks executive chairman Howard Schultz oh, about yes. the company's plan to train its workers oh, okay. to avoid bias. <laughs> so <coughs> they're now having subconscious bias training <laughs> in Starbucks. They're going to shut mm. down a bunch of their stores for a day and have subconscious bias training. So we they're are in the wrong them, business. They're going to train them to have a subconscious bias. We, I like it. I like that. <laughs> we should have wrote that book, written that book. I, are you kidding? Hello. I think it's great. We could be making millions. 
I think they should do more of that. Just Gail joins us now from oh, inside Gail, that Starbucks it. store. And Gail, I know you asked him too about whether he saw that video <sighs> of those two men being arrested. Totally. Let's have it, Gail. Nora, you're right. You know me very well. Mm -hmm. Video showing that arrest has now been seen worldwide. So we asked Howard Schultz about his reaction to that now infamous footage and the issue of unconscious racial bias. I first saw it on Friday. I couldn't believe it. I was I was sick to my stomach. I was I bet embarrassed. I was ashamed. Yeah. Uh, this is the antithesis of the values and culture of everything Starbucks stands for. It stands for yeah. you founded this company to foster human experience. Yes. So uh, this was an You're a monster. Thing. However, <laughs> uh, it's undeniable when you look at the tape that we are responsible, that I personally am responsible. Yes. And we need to address it. Well, then fire yourself. Honesty. Exactly. We all got on a plane and came to Philadelphia. And when started you say we all, who is that? Kevin Johnson, myself. Your senior team. Yeah, Monster. The senior team. Mm -hmm. uh, a senior team. Let's go find out real quick. Um, I'm curious. How many of them are white? Exactly. Uh, let's find leadership Starbucks in the newsroom. Um, How many... How many are white? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. White people? Eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six, seven, eight. 9, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, 35, 36, 37, 38, 39, 40, 41, 40, 41, 40 run, one, and I probably avoided 10. What do you mean you avoided 10? Like, I, like I skipped over 10 people that were of color. And uh, some, uh, maybe, maybe 11% of these people were women. How how many were? You sure black? one twelve percent? Right, eleven. <laughs> how many were black? Yeah, oh, a handful, five or six. One, okay. So maybe one, two. Let's see, it's one, two, three, four, but that guy is actually African, so he. I don't know if he would count. Yes, um, he would. Okay, four then. Five, five, four, 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 four. And, and, and there are four few, out of fifty. Yeah, there are a few um, that appear uh, Indian, you know, India. Dot not feta. <laughs> okay. So forty-four, thirty-nine. How many <laughs> black people? Uh, demographic. But the executive chairman, Howard Schultz, the president and CEO, Kevin Johnson, the senior Andy Adams, senior vice president, um, Luigi Bonini, Luigi. senior vice president, uh, Rosalind Ross Brewer, the chief operating officer and group president. She appears to have darker skin than the white guy. So I would think that she would be a woman of color. And then we got Brady Brewer. Who is the chief operating officer, Starbucks Japan, not a Japanese guy. Oh. Martin Brock, president, Starbucks Europe, Middle East, and Africa, and he's white. Michelle Burns, senior VP, channel development, branded solutions. She's a white lady. And I only we only care about this because they're freaking out because 
two people who happened to be black went into the store and, uh, from what I can tell, disregarded the policy that you can't use the bathroom unless you buy something. And then got the cops called on him and got arrested for refusing the police order to vacate the premise because they were breaking the rule of the private establishment store. How hard can it be? Let's go back to Gail. Uh, and I think this was a galvanizing moment for the entire company. We have issues in our company. Hold on one second. What does galvanizing mean? Uh, the thing that brings them together to move forward to do something that they maybe wouldn't have normally done. Ah, to shock or excite someone, typically into taking action. All right, that works. Okay, or coat with a protective layer of zinc. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the second one. Yeah, and that's... And in recognizing that, we decided we're going to close every single store at great expense yeah. for retraining. What and kind of retraining, Howard? stop there. Or we have whatever. been on a journey to talk about Don't race Don't be a jerk. America. It's a very difficult subject. Yeah. Race, talking about race makes people very uncomfortable, Howard. But you say, let's go there. I, I think... Uh, He's you know, the such no, a hero. No, he doesn't say, He's let's go there. He's such a good person. Society, this SJW movement says, let's go there. The media has forced him to say, let's go there. Right? I, I totally Do you agree. think this guy would give a crap if this wasn't hadn't gone viral and been talked about on the morning no. shows? No. Country has systemic issues. Certainly, there's a great divide in the country. Certainly. There's a great divide around race in America. I'm not saying that Starbucks in any way has an anecdote to fix it, but perhaps we can use this moment as a healing. Did he say that he, he doesn't think Starbucks has an anecdote to fix it? No. Wouldn't that be antidote? No, I don't think he said anecdote. I heard antidote, but yeah. yeah. Starbucks in any way has an anecdote to fix it. No, yeah, he, he says anecdote. It did sound so like anecdote. So they have anecdote. a story, a relevant story. We can use this moment <laughs> as a healing moment for our company. And in doing so, given the fact that we serve so many millions of people and employ hundreds of thousands of people, we, we can use this as an opportunity to educate them. You just said when you looked at the tape, you were heart sick. But did you think it was an isolated incident? And I'm asking that yes. because now oh. I'm hearing more and more stories from people I know, yeah. strangers on the street are saying, you know what? I had an incident at Starbucks. I'm not surprised. Hashtag to me too, everybody. I think it's possible that given the level of unconscious bias that exists in America uh, and how systemic this problem is in the country, that this is not an isolated situation. And if it's not, we will deal with every one of them. I want to personally apologize for anyone who has ever felt anything other than respect and dignity in our stores. And I've said publicly for years that regardless of the color of your skin, your sexual orientation, your politics, you are welcome at Starbucks. Howard, did you fly there on a private jet to Philly? I, I do want to say one thing to be a little contrary. Yes, I'm up. I'm game. I think he did the exact thing that because think of who a lot of the clientele, the most rabid Oh, there's crazy loony lefts. Exactly. Okay. So he did the thing you had to do. He didn't make any excuses, and he came in and admitted to it and did all this sort of thing. So my question is, was this from the heart, mm. or was this a shrewd... Uh, 
opportunity to try to uh, maybe even solidify more uh, lunatic left fans. Huh. But wouldn't you think if they're honest with themselves about their actual belief system that all these head monkeys of these companies that are white would step down in oh, yes. favor of a black person? Yep. yep. But they never do that because but, because it's bull crap. I know. It's it's easier I mean it's just talk. They they'll say what they want, but the minute it 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 starts to uh, destroy their livelihood and whatnot, they w- they would change. But maybe not. Maybe they would double down. You know, like uh, who's the quarterback was kneeling? Colin. Krapernick? Yeah, exactly. Now, he's not playing in the NFL. Because he's not very good. Well, okay, true. But now he's got this huge following, and he's friends with all these people. So he could continue down that road and still make a living and still be famous and popular within a certain crowd. Mm-hmm. So some people, I mean, I I don't think that any of them, um, that all of them are, I shouldn't say all, the majority of the social justice warrior types, mm-hmm. if you removed all the acceptance that they would get in their loony crowds mm-hmm. and took away their opportunity to make money, they wouldn't suffer in silence alone as a minority with nobody there backing them and patting them on the back. They don't believe this sort of stuff to the point that a Christian would who would be thrown to lions. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if it was do this or be tortured and killed, I think You most, think they'd fold just like most that? Of the, most of them would. Especially the rich ones. Okay. And I think you're right. And then thinking of these rich white CEOs. Uh, do you, what is your perception of the reason, the logic that companies use to go to China for production of high-tech product? Money. Well, Money? Yeah, because of uh, lower costs, China has, all, has like 90-some percent of all the rare earth minerals um I mean you would So it's go there. not because you can't get the work done in America. Um I'm sure you could, but you think it's cost prohibitive? No. Um it depends. I think prob not prohibitive, but they make decisions based upon how happy their stockholders are going to be. And if they can increase their profitability by a few cents per share, or even if, like, if if uh, the analysts anticipate that the uh, their profit is going to go up by fourteen percent and it only goes up by twelve percent, mm-hmm. their stock price will drop. Even though it went up twelve percent, it didn't go up fourteen percent. You know what I mean? So I think that they make all these decisions based upon the value of the stock um and making the stockholders happy they they're not making it's not because if if they were about what is equitable or what what is right apple wouldn't be having these pits 
where they have to put nets underneath the windows or else people will jump to their death because they're their their work so hard. I mean, they wouldn't do that. You walked into my trap. There's a confusion oh. about <laughs> China that uh, and let me at least give this Tim Cook from December oh. 2017. Give you my opinion. The, the the popular conception is that companies come to China because of low labor cost. I'm not sure uh, what part of China they go to, but the truth is China stopped being the low labor cost country many years ago. And th that is not the reason to come to China from a supply point of view. The reason is because of the skill and the, the quantity of skill in one location and the type of skill it is. Like um, the products we do require- Can I give an example really of the skill? Can I? Headphone burning knowledge. Did not use a headset. You need to use the run after a period of time before they can use the headset unit diaphragm complete drive smoothly. And that's enhance the output quality of performance. Try additional headphone burning process is very complex. And in the middle need to spend my energy to a large extent influence the listener's mood. So that kind of skill, that was pretty good. Well, let's listen to how he compares it to the potential skill in the U.S. Advanced tooling and the, the precision that you have to have in tooling and working with the materials that we do are state of the art. And the tooling skill is very deep here. You know, in, in the U.S., you could have a meeting of tooling engineers and I'm not sure we could fill the room. Wow. Okay, now if that is true. But but in a second of what he says, what you get over there. Wow. But if if that is true, why not support a special tooling engineer program to bring it back here? You can't tell me that it's not easier to build stuff over there because of regulations. Because of, I mean, how much do we, I work in a foundry and the air quality is getting to the point where everybody in the, will if they don't do certain things, everybody in the foundry will have to wear masks. This is in Minnesota. Yeah, in Minnesota all the time. And the way it is now, I mean, it's one of the most efficient foundries in the world one of the cleanest foundries in the world. And you still can't breathe the air? Well. Or you're not it, supposed to? Yeah, if they uh, because of new uh, regulations and standards coming down. You go to China, look at the smog. The smog there is probably worse than the foundry you here. You racist. Well, I, I like racing. <laughs> True. Um in China, you could fill multiple football fields. It's that vocational, vocational expertise is very deep, very, very deep here. And I, and I give the, uh, the education system a lot of credit for continuing to push on that even when others were de-emphasizing vocational. Now I think many countries in the world have woke up and said, you know, this is a key thing and we've got to correct that. But China called that right from the beginning. Talk about a panderer. 
There's, no, I mean, you can't tell me he's not just blowing smoke to keep their huge production going over there to save the money or to, for whatever reason. Well, the the other thing is, if he is so uh, progressive, um, he doesn't have any problem with uh, the different policies and how people are mistreated in China. He doesn't have any problem with that. Nah. He doesn't have any problem with the the environmental nightmare that goes on in these large cities. He doesn't have any problem with that. Um, them not being held to the same standards that we are. These are people, right? Um, so he's a hypocrite for him to say that. It, now, say that is true. Mm-hmm. To me, that would be an outstanding opportunity to create something here in the United States. With their $700 billion of net profit they have their exactly. cash sitting around? Exactly. Yeah, not a bad idea. Yeah. Okay. Someone commented on that post in this feed that I'm in. The exchange rate is roughly a $1 to 6.29 yuan. Is it yen? Yuan. 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 Yuan what? What do you want? Yuan drugs. Hell no. <laughs> Recorded average median salary in China is, this is as of 2016, is 67,000 yuan a year. So 10,000? 10, 10 grand or 11, a year. 10 or, yeah, 10,000. Uh-huh. So, I, I mean, is, is that a reasonable living, 10,000 U.S. dollars? Is Probably. That, is that a good living in China? Mm. Maybe. Do they get to go home? A lot of these, like, manufacture cities... They live the the music group is a huge music company, uh, uh, parent company. Um, they just, I believe, they just made a thing called uh, let's see, what's it called? Music? Is it Music City? I gotta think here. Um, no, that's not it. Um, the music group. Uh, oh, okay, I could spell that properly. No bother. But they just, they're so big. Um, it is the, let's see, what's it say? Ah, oh, where'd that blurb go? Um, sorry, Music Tribe, they've just changed their name, uh, is one of the world's largest holding companies for pro audio and music products brands. Uh, offering broad range of premium audio, sol- audio solutions for the enterprise and entertainment creation, as well as lifestyle and home market verticals. Verticals. Music Tribe is what they call themselves now. Um, music Tribe. I'm searching about for, uh, let's see, their manufacturing city. The joy of doing this on the fly. <laughs> Where are we at here? Not the glass door. Let's see. But they made, essentially, they created, if I'm... uh, Was that it right there? They made... Okay, Music Group City moves forward. Pro Sound News. This was from 2013. Uh This is just a quick search here. A year ago, Music Group uh, broke ground on its aptly named Music Group City a new campus that will house the design, building, and distributing facilities 
for its Midas, Clark Technic, TurboSound, and Behringer brands. Uh, as the massive facility enters its second year of construction, uh, Music Group CEO Ulai Behringer said he is excited about the project as it moves forward toward completion in mid-2014. Where is this at? This is in China? At Japan, perhaps. No, no, no. Zhongzheng. Chen, China. China. But what it is, it's humongous manufacturing facilities and housing. They have their own hospital on site. It is a city. So you go work for this company. And you live there. Talk about a, a, a quality of life. You never leave your work. I owe my soul to the company store. This is the David Allen Show. A little Glenn Fry. He's dead. But you belong to the city. Oh! Ha <laughs> ha! I see what you did. Behringer says, I'm thrilled to see the progress on this wonderful new manufacturing facility. We've spent over two years blueprinting and fine-tuning every single aspect of the plant's design. Several specialized Japanese process engineering firms were engaged to create one of the most efficient, automated, and environmentally friendly manufacturing plants in the world. We also spent substantial resources on the industrial design, which showcases massive glass curtains and an aluminum braced facade. the facility will house 10,000 employees with an estimated 5,000 living on site. I think they will be. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't mean it's good. That's it true. It doesn't mean it's smart. No. It doesn't mean it's healthy. The campus will also offer an on-premise child care, medical services, and recreation to all those living on the campus. It's like college. Except for adults <laughs> how many, as a career. <laughs> how many hours a day are they going to work? How many days a Ooh. week are they going to work? Do they get overtime? Do they get a pension? Hmm. Is Foxconn the company that Apple uses? Is that right? I don't know. Foxconn City. Foxconn, the Wikipedia says. Han 
Hawaii Precision Industry Co. Trading as Foxconn Technology Group is a multinational electronic contract manufacturing company headquartered in Tusheng, New Taipei, Taiwan. Foxconn is the world's largest contract electronics manufacturer and the fourth largest information technology company by revenue. The company is the largest private employer in China and one of the largest employers worldwide. Its founder and chairman is Terry Guo. Foxconn manufactures electronic products for, Ameri for major American, Canadian, Chinese, Finnish, and Japanese companies. Notable products manufactured by Foxconn include BlackBerry, iPad, iPhone, iPod, Kindle, Nintendo 3DS, Nokia devices, PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, Wii U, and Xbox One. As of 2012, Foxconn factories manufactured an estimated 40% of all consumer electronics sold worldwide. Uh, that's crazy. Uh. Right now, China has controls well over 90% of all the rare earth minerals, which in all of this electronics that are surrounding us right now are used in mm. and it's with, true and all they would have to do is just shut it down and they could shut down the entire world so are you implying that china is in control globally really um well it might be a uh what do they call it? A Pyrrhic victory? Whereas if they were to shut it down, they would go bankrupt as well. You know, oh, if they okay, burn gotcha. down the world, yeah, they burn they themselves. Well, that, you know. that, that's true. Yeah. Um, but if they were really interested, like if there was a war between the United States and China, we would run out of high tech devices relatively quickly if we couldn't open up our own minds or if we couldn't uh, recycle enough. So it's less about the actual ability to produce more the 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 the, the elements inside the product. Yeah, the elements inside the product. Oh man. And there was a huge mine in Utah or something and uh, one of the government agencies shut it down because of mm, viral yeah. Yeah, that makes sense yeah. about right. Yeah. Let's um, go to China. Yeah. Well, as long as it's not in our back door, our backyard, mm -hmm. then we're, we're good with it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And um, it's communist. Um, they've had military uh, leaders comment about going to war with the United States, and yet we we act like, ha, 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 they're just talking, those, those crazy kids, you know? And... You've heard that um, uh, that parable about the scorpion and the frog. But let's have it. Um, there's a scorpion. I won't bite you. <laughs> yeah, 
there's a there's a scorpion who walks up to this frog on the side of a river and says, "Mr. Frog, will you please can I hop on your back and get over the water? Swim over the water." And the frog says, "No, I'm not going to do that. You'll you'll sting me." And the scorpion says, "No, I won't. I promise." And after a few times, the frog says, "Okay, fine, whatever." And they start swimming over, and they get halfway there, and the scorpion stings the frog. And the frog says, "You stung you stung me." I'm going to drown. I mean, I'm going to die here, and you're going to drown too. Why did you do that? And he said, well, I'm a scorpion. <laughs> and so in some sense, yeah. if, you, if you have a regime that's atheistic, that's communistic, that, mm-hmm. that is um, trying to steal islands from countries around it and is trying, you know, building up their... their Navy, then now they have an aircraft carrier. It's not nothing compared to what we have, but they're going to continually build more. Why would I mean, it doesn't take m- much intelligence to realize maybe we should diversify a little bit. Yeah. But the people that make the decisions have billions of dollars in stake in China, so they'll sell us out. For money. According to sources at the ABC television network, a new spinoff of the popular dating show The Bachelor will consist of 20 seasons seasons following a Christian man named Mark fruitlessly attempting to find a mate in the singles ministry of his local church. The man will have a dozen flowers to give out to the many women he could possibly be with, but will not be able to drum up the courage to walk over and introduce himself each and every episode. (laughs) The show will feature warm moments like when the singles minister asks the group to break into prayer buddies, and Mark is unable to find anyone to pair up with. When he is asked to be a groomsman for all his friends' weddings as they are promoted out of the singles ministry and into the real church, The show, which is expected to last 20 seasons, will reportedly conclude in a dramatic finale with Mark gently being asked to leave the singles ministry and join a connection group especially designed for middle-aged men. (laughs) Will Mark awkwardly wave at Trisha during the fall ice cream social? Will he sit next to Chelsea during circle prayer time? Find out on each exciting, ridiculously cringe-inducing episode says the voiceover on the first promo video for the upcoming series, your heart will break right along with Mark's as he suddenly realizes the ratio of men to women in the singles group is highly unfavorable. Don't miss a single exciting episode for the next 20 years. You know, there are some people that resemble that remark. (laughs) Is that on the onion? In other news, Babylon B. <laughs> Moore, Oklahoma. Moore, Oklahoma. Where the tornado hit? In a new security measure designed to increase congressional safety, 
Ye Old Baptist Church, AV 1611, has begun requiring congregants to utilize clear Bible covers while attending services in order to verify no one is concealing a different translation. <laughs> like the extremely dangerous NIV. Visitors and members are asked to pass through a version, a version scanner and carry Bibles in completely transparent covers so ushers can quickly verify they don't have any unauthorized versions while on church premises. If anyone doesn't have a clear Bible cover, one will be provided at the church's expense. Pastor Peter Frankfurt wrote in the church's newsletter, uh, This is an easy, common-sense regulation that will bring peace of mind to our church. Can, how can anyone worship in peace not knowing if that camouflage Bible-carrying case in the next pew is concealing an assault Bible like the new King James, or even, God forbid, the message? While some have called the move a violation of privacy, Pastor Frankfurt says he likes to think of it as a bid for transparency in the church. If we're not vulnerable enough in the walls of the church to expose our Bibles, how can we offer the authentic gospel of Jesus to the world as preser preserved and restored through the translators of the King James Version? <laughs> And a callback, Starbucks is one of the most progressive companies on planet Earth. Everybody knows that, mainly because we tout it every chance we get. We've always been a bastion of liberal open-mindedness. We've bent over backwards to openly celebrate every single cause that has paraded itself under the banner of social justice in 31 years since I took over a little coffee chain and transformed it into the global powerhouse it is. This is an open letter from Howard Schultz. Every single cause from the environmental activism to publicly supporting same-sex marriage years before it became law in the U.S. to, remember this, our Race Together campaign, where we encouraged customers and employees to have open discussions about race in our stores. For the love of wokeness, we actually did that. But none of that matters anymore. In my life, I've had a recurring nightmare involving enraged political protesters descending upon one of our retail locations, chanting and holding signs saying, Starbucks is racist. And now it has come true. We are being besmirched. We are being boycotted. Oh, the horror. Nobody wins at the woke Olympics. Once the smell of blood is in the water, the sharks will circle and devour you with blinding outrage without compassion, without a second thought. In this lifestyle, we eat our own. One perceived infraction in your toast. Decades of overtly progressive policies, gone. It's all over. You either die a social justice warrior, or you live long enough to see yourself become a bigot. Ah, <laughs> huh. uh, headlines, news of the day, courtesy the Babylon Bee, everybody. This is the David Allen Show. Holy crap. Sorry, I didn't mean to trigger anybody. Well, what well. else you got? There's a ton of stuff, but I I, I think that's... Uh, I mean, we could break out the sports guide. But <laughs> I know how much that just tickles your fancy. No, I... Uh, <clears throat> uh. I uh really Starbucks they have a Starbucks in a funeral home down in, in a funeral home mm -hmm. oh perfect so yeah it's not 
one of my well i mean if i like coffee no oh i forgot i don't i drink coffee with a lot of stuff in it boring, rarely boring. Is, is starbucks coffee good yeah. tastes good it's, all right. it, it's consistent if that means anything no that means nothing yeah, i didn't think so like does it taste good i don't know what that means with it's, it's consistent l- it's like that that one whatever music uh, is is that? Are we going good? back to that? Yeah, Avicii, everybody. Yeah, I, 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 I don't get why people like the taste of coffee. I just don't. I just don't get it. I suppose if you grew up on it, and yeah, but I can't imagine if uh, if you've never drank coffee your whole life, all of a sudden start drinking it and liking it. That just Seems foreign to me. That's probably true. I just like smoking cigarettes. Oh, it can't remotely be the same. You only do that to show cool. your show your friends when you're thirteen or fourteen that you're you're a man. Uh huh. No, no adult would ever smoke a cigarette. <laughs> I'm gonna do this again. Yeah, I, I you think, have to be dumb yeah. to do it, and then you get addicted and you can't stop. So you're saying there's a correlation with that and coffee? I think so. Okay. Yeah, I see my dad <laughs> drinking coffee. I'm gonna do it. I didn't drink coffee. I don't know what happened to my kids. Huh. They drink coffee, but I didn't. I didn't start him on it. Huh. It was my friend's dad. Probably. It, it was peer pressure. Totally. Oh yeah. wow. So. What what was the gateway drug to coffee? Was it like hot cocoa? Cigarettes. Oh, cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I I remember as a 12, 14 year old, um, one of my best friends, his uh, his yeah his he was a boy. His dad uh, was a trucker. Uh huh. And they have like my best friend's uh, parents, this trucker and his wife were good friends with my parents. Who the peanut gallery is my dad, by the way. Those of you that don't know, um, I know. Uh, and they always had coffee on. It just became a thing that I I don't know. I forced myself to drink black coffee. Just I don't know why. And then now I I like coffee. By the way, this episode of the David Allen Show brought to you <laughs> proudly by Windy Prairie Coffee, some of the best coffee you can find in the world. This stuff is legendary. To quote the great Bob Tallman, the voice of rodeo. Uh, have you heard of Jim Comey? Jim, James Comey? The director. Famed, disgraced former. FBI director. Former. Fired. Yeah. <clears throat> He's got a book out. Yeah. A higher, what's it called? A higher uh, loyalty. Oh, oh. Truth, lies, and leadership. Uh. Now, if you go to the Amazon, now the peanut gallery sent me this this morning, so I went and checked. Um, if you go to the Amazon, now I wonder if you have to buy it. I'm, I don't want to buy the book, although I'm tempted. If you go to the review section uh-huh. and you want to review the book, like I could write a customer review, bring it up. If I click on a one star, let's say. Mm-hmm. What it says is, sorry, we are unable to accept your review of this product. 
This product currently has limitations on submitting reviews. This may be because we detected unusual review behavior on this product or to maintain the best possible shopping experience. Oh, well. So Amazon try. is now apparently. Now, I went to Hillary's book as well. What went wrong? What happened? Hey, what happened? Hillary. <laughs> and I, you, I could, without purchasing the book, submit a review. It would allow me to. So there's something going on with the book of the Comey, a higher loyalty. <laughs> well, yeah, because they're they're trying to um um they're trying to do everything they can to destroy. On the upside, if I go pick a five star, it says gives me the same thing. So it doesn't feel like. It's they're like saying you can only give good reviews, even though that's what the peanut gallery told me this well, morning. Well, they changed it. Mm. Now there are more reviews on here than when I start when I looked this earlier today. So someone's getting through. Are they all fours and fives? Uh, there's four percent of the reviews are um one star, two percent are two stars, one percent is a three star, seven percent is four. That leaves 86% five stars. Now, there are 392 reviews on this book. So, it's a 4.7 out of five star book. Yeah, they're, yeah, you can't. They're not even allowing any reviews. So, it doesn't matter what you do. You can't review it. Yeah. Because something like this, you would think there would be more than 392 reviews. Yeah, it's just out, though. But see, someone today, April 20, a five, excellent and complete story of what went on with the director. Maybe they just changed it today. Let me not seek so much to be understood as to understand. Oh, yeah. okay. First off, Mr. Director, you were sent here to do this type of work, and I don't feel you are finished yet. You would also qualify for a very advanced writer and author. I went through this book with a fine-toothed comb and can't see why people are picking, talking, gossiping, or carrying on in general, if you will. The only thing I can see that you did wrong was to take an apple out of dear former President Obama's basket of apples. Take it to the car. Photograph it. Send a picture of it to your daughter and then take it to her. What a director, man, husband, and father. The FBI lost a wonderful soul when they lost you. And all because of a man who obviously, to me, has NPD and maybe some psychopathy. Is that part of that manual from those earbuds? I have never in a million years. Wow. I this book, They're book a million way. years old. I have old. never in a million years seen such things happen other than in my own home. My husband is the twin of the president, so to speak. Nothing <laughs> either of him do puts any surprises on my face or in my soul. They are almost impossible to get along with or be around. They only love themselves, manipulate, triangulate, lie like no other, use foul language at the drop of a hat. Is this a, a review? And on and on, yes. You spoke of him never laughing. They don't. Never. Many, I do not believe, understand what is below the surface here. They wonder. All of the news people wonder. 
people on the streets wonder, but many do not have the answers, and I don't understand either until I did a study on people of this nature and found out a whole lot I didn't care to know, but had to know as I live it. I ask any person who has yet to read the book, can you imagine working and facing your workers and teaching them or reading to them, etc.? And look up, and on the back wall is written that you are being fired right that minute. Well, it happened here and clear across the country from where the director lived. Wouldn't you be afraid how to get home? He was. I would be worse than scared. So many things he had to deal with and go through, it is despicable to even name them all. Is she having a psychotic break? He is a great soul and person and didn't deserve to be treated this way, not at all. I know his calling came from higher up, and I know he is not done yet, whether it be with the government or in private life. He will continue to help in some way, bring justice in some way. He is a natural. One doesn't see too many men nowadays who are loyal, compassionate, and honest. I personally love this book and read parts of it over and over again. Not being able to comprehend how this could go on in our American government. I hope all of you will pick this up, read it, and realize that we lost here. How we have, how we have to speak up and keep speaking up where we can. And we don't have our democracy any longer. Director, when you were speaking about Director of National Intelligence, it's James still going Clapper, on? having kindness and toughness and confidence and humility, you are also speaking of you. It is funny how we speak of others and do not realize we are sometimes speaking of ourselves. We are all teachers. We are all students. I personally do not believe in coincidences either, and I believe every one of these four words just mentioned below to you also, belong to you also. In the end... I will also quote St. Francis of Assisi, quote, and where there is darkness, only light. Oh. oh, that the top review. That's the top customer review right now on Amazon for a higher loyalty. Oh, my goodness. The new autobiography or maybe the new bless blathering something. From the disgraced, fired James Comey, everybody. Here on the David Allen Show, uh, dramatic reading by myself, Allen. Thank here. you, absolutely. Thank you. I, uh, I, I, uh, I take requests, everybody. I take requests. <laughs> you too. <laughs> Not sure why, but we do indeed. Wow, I gotta find that one. It's the heck. Go there. It's the top customer review oh, right yeah, now. Oh yeah, it is. Book lady. Book lady, five stars, and she is a verified. Now I say she simply because it says book lady in the title. That that's who did it. So I'm not trying to project anything on any, any gender uh, theory. I'm not trying to project or or misgender this person, but they claim to be book lady. So. And she did say my husband. But in today's world, that doesn't matter anymore. Oh, wow. Okay. I think I met her. <laughs> so, 
Anyways, <laughs> thank you. This is the David Allen Show, everybody. DavidAllenShow.com on the Gmail. DavidAllenShow at gmail.com. Um... We are also on the Google Play Store if you happen to have an absolutely ridiculous Android device. Uh, and this actually, I think, is your first time, David, being in the completed yes, Kwai Milbank Podcast this Studio. This looks amazing. What do you think? Oh, man. Wow. Yeah. Too you bad. Did, you did it right. Hey, too bad uh, you <laughs> moved. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> One last thing. Word of wisdom. This way of living. Adjust the sensitivity for ear. Okay. In the strong noise subway, even in the surrounding environment is noisy, but because of the sensitivity of the ear can be adjusted so that the sound can be listened to with the environmental conditions adjusted accordingly so that the unpleasant sensation caused by the gradual elimination of noise People can sleep in this environment. This is the David Allen Show, everybody. Have a wonderful evening. Come back again. Thank you.